live, Infinite Plane Radio, December 19th, 2023, four days away from the nuke, the Kraken, the solstice, according to the Obamas, who also have a special holiday message for all of you, uh, Die 666, which you probably saw if you watched the movie closely. They just loaded that thing up with predictive programming symbolism, and they made it super obvious so that everybody... Everybody in the far right, anybody who's talking conspiracy theory, is noting, oh look, predictive programming. I'm even seeing this topic of predictive programming being discussed by mainstream media. And they're saying pretty accurately that this is an indication that they are preparing people, conditioning people to accept future conditions. They're certainly not saying it's predicting something fake, but they are acknowledging that there is some kind of theme here where people are looking at the media very suspiciously. And of course, the thing about Leave the World Behind is it indicated the winter solstice, which I connect with the summer solstice imploding Titan, which I connected with the imploding Godzilla in the movie, which is how they had to nullify him by dragging him down to the bottom of the ocean. Uh, the Godzilla as Kraken as Nuke, which takes down the West Titanic. It's a story, and it's pretty clear. And it looks like it's scheduled for this winter solstice. All right, we're joined by Thirst for Truth, Elephant Tusks, Ears Up, Jamatra 101, Cheesy Cool. Jamatra 101 says, predictive programming for dummies. Well, yeah. You see, they run with it. Even Tucker Carlson's like Flat Earth now. But they run with this stuff so that nobody connects the dots. Oh, they're telling us what they're going to do because they're, they're just full of their own arrogance. They're Perhaps it's duper's delight, but they're just gloating. No, they're not gloating about what they're going to do. It's really about, I would consider it to be a matter of conditioning, preparing people to see what is really fake and unbelievable as inevitable. It's about opening up your Overton window and putting things into the realm of possibility that don't rightfully belong there. And therefore, when it happens, everybody finds it believable. It's not even a conspiracy theory. It's an observation. You can use predictive programming as a predictive model, as we have demonstrated time and again. So, no, the mainstream conspiracy theorists are years behind us. In fact, I would say 10 years. If you didn't pick up the ball from that one particular shooting and take that information about the existence of simulated news events and incorporate that into your analysis of everything since and everything before, then you're 10 years behind. Joined by Jennifer Reeves, JC, the Wrecker 6, Into the Beyond, thank you. Elephant Tusk says, when you disconnect from the 3D world and go inside doing internal work, life makes more sense. Well, we do exist at a time of great philosophical crisis, and I do agree that with Joseph Atwell's description of it as an archaic revival, we are being put into a dark age, what I call a digital hoodwink. And the hoodwink is the wool pulled over your eyes, a reference to Masonic initiation rites, where the initiate is brought in from the dark, the wilderness of darkness where the regular people live, and brought into the light when they pull the hood off. Well, today... The hoodwink is digital. It's the screen. It's the ubiquitous screen, black mirror, that's over your face, even though you can't see it, because you've mistaken it for a window. 
so you can see what's going on all around the world real time when in fact it's a filter and it's the same concept and the light the inside information is that the people outside of our temple the profane wander in the dark what does that say about us it says well the masses who are mediated are in the dark and by darkness I mean ignorance there's secrecy and ignorance that keep people in a state of dependency upon those who monopolize the information knowers control the believers it's the lie world order the capstone is the ones who know what's going on and everyone else at the bottom exists in a realm of pure subjectivity and it's getting worse by design and I've been talking about how Elon Musk is a fall guy for free speech how he's the leading propagator of mind junk and space junk uh, by design and earlier this summer there were even talks of the, EU, the EU blacking out Twitter and we're at that point right now where it's being talked about more and more let's get into this blaze media will life imitate art with civil war I've been saying since I guess Palestine Ohio which again the derailment which totally mirrored the movie white noise you know since then I've been saying that life imitates psyops which it absolutely does here you have a uh, blaze media will life imitate art with civil war this is the movie by the director of 28 days later 28 days later is about a rage virus a bunch of apes are forced clockwork orange style to watch the news which makes them full of rage and makes them violent and that virus transmits to humans who then spread it around so it's making some kind of statement about mankind and how violent we are how terrible we are but of course it's all based on lies because it's based on fake news so the fake news radicalizes the monkeys now that virus the rage virus is something that's been brought back into well they've introduced it into the psyops with this like Robert card they said he fell into a Twitter bubble became radicalized and then went out on a mass shooting spree and you can point to shooter after shooter whether it's reddit or discord or telegram where or some manifesto or some right-wing or white nationalist site where the point is being made repeatedly that people are catching the rage virus and I even saw the word rage being used quite a lot rampage and rage with that Robert card shooting but anyway the template is there you can catch the rage virus which is disease X and it's caused by the free flow of information the same thing that radicalized the apes that turned them violent now blaze media saying will life imitate art with civil war yeah it's the same director as 28 days later so it's worth noting for a few reasons also the entire zombie genre is really nothing more than predictive programming and conditioning for lockdowns quarantine fearing the unvaxxed if the recent here we go buzz over the trailers any indication it's going to it's from blaze media so I can't read the article without paying but they're taking note that just as people have been taken apart leave the world behind Civil War seems to follow right in the wake of it. It seems like it's even a sequel, perhaps. And a couple of other things we talked about the other day. The author of the book that became Leave the World Behind specifically said that the character Rose is based on Greta, which I put in my review. 
And he also commented on the, quote, coincidence of his book being released during lockdowns when it's about people locked down, uncertain, cut off from the world, facing the same kind of predicament. But it's always great when you see these metascriptors, and I would call the direct the writer of that book someone who's somewhat in the know about this stuff. He would have to be. When they say it's a coincidence, it means it's scripted, it's fake. It's adding to the zeitgeist. All right, we are joined by Shannon Jones, Polecat, Mongo Z, Garrett Summers. How serious is Texas going independent? Yeah, we'll see. There's some, there's some drama right now with Colorado bringing up the 14th Amendment, suggesting that since Trump is an insurrectionist, he's going to be kicked off the ballot. So we'll see where that goes. All right. I have a comment here. Elephant Tusks says, The well that pours into the collective consciousness has been poisoned. And yes, that author is a woke-ass author. But when you say woke, we have to keep in mind that woke is on the left side of the political horseshoe. It's for the ones who recognize that the blue pill dream world is BS. That it's fake. That it's the... the the attempt, I think, to pacify people, but that the woke is what happens if you realize it's fake and there's more to the story, but you lean left. If you lean right, you get the red pills. So whenever we criticize woke, we have to recognize that the red pills are just as guilty of following along with a bifurcated psyop. Here, I, I like to speak from the perspective of what I call off-world stage perspective. We are not on the political horseshoe. And ultimately, that's where guard railing leads. Now, there's something else. There's a movie coming out about the space station that I've been talking about recently. And it's about how Russia nukes America, and the cosmonauts and the Americans are now fighting in the space station. It's a strong premise for a movie, I think. And it comes out on January 19th, 119. How many times have we talked about this? How many times have we discussed the number 119 specifically connected to the fall of the Tower of Babel, to the fall of the space station, Donnie Darko, planes falling from the sky, the fact that the movie ISS, a disaster film, is coming out on 119? Not insignificant. And one more point, 119, one of the reasons I connected it to the Tower of to the ISS, is that's the part in Genesis where the Tower of Babel falls. And that was demonstrated in the movie Leave the World Behind, when Ethan Hawke's character couldn't speak to the Spanish-speaking woman that needed his help because the internet was down, and he abandoned her. Well, this was part of this theme in the movie. The planes falling, the communication falling, the Tower of Babel, the unification, just crumbling, scattering of the tongues. Drudge Report reports here, Trump kicked off Colorado ballot. Insurrection disqualifies him. Campaign rocked. Now, I think they have until January 4th. Yes, they have until like January 4th to answer to this and to fight back, push back, which they probably will, and it will boost Trump. And, of course, this is typical. Just adds drama. 
Dramatria 101 says Civil War movie comes out on the 117th day. Okay. What day is that? Elephant Tusks asked, do you think a lot of these predicted programming movies are loaded with subliminals? You know, I don't think they need to be subliminal. I think they can just be out in the open about it because your subconscious doesn't make a distinction between real and fake. I, I think it just kind of takes it in programming-wise like they're downloading it. And if you're not paying attention, so much the better. I think your subconscious mind is eyes wide shut. That they, in fact, probably don't care if you don't pay attention. Because the programming works on its own. We are programmable. You know, we've been called by one of these World Economic Forum um, types. We've been called hackable animals. And I think that's absolutely true. Religions have been part of that for a long time. Hackable animals. And that's by Yuval Noah Harari. Humans are now hackable animals. Can we hack humans? Should we? And this was at the World Economic Forum 666 meeting in 2018. And I call it World Economic Forum 666 because they put that in their logo. And because they seemingly are pretty much aligned with that. If you look at Klaus Schwab, who looks like one of the strangers from Dark City in that strange black uniform. Very Saturnian. And Saturn, the Saturnian matrix, has that number attached to it. Here we go. Yuval Noah Harari, humans are now hackable animals. He says, politicians could soon have the technology to create heaven or hell. Author of Sapiens, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. I'm not going to play the whole thing. I'm sure most of you have heard it, but my point is that yeah, we're being hacked. This isn't something that's in the future, that they're going to somehow take away our autonomy. It's like, no, it, it's already been compromised. Like, you may feel like you have free choice, but they've limited your range of options. They've put your imagination on a leash, and they've blinkered the consensus to keep it within its boundaries. So we've already been hacked. But as far as subliminals, again, to answer your question, I don't think you need subliminal. They can just be upfront about it. Not that they wouldn't use subliminals. I mean, look at sports. Someone had suggested to me that a great number, a great percentage of the population are hypnotizable. I'm hypnotizable for sure. I used to do that. I used to be into auto hypnosis, and it's really easy. But sports, for example, all the countdowns, those could be hypnotic inductions. Keep your eye on the ball all the spinning balls, all these graphics on the screen, uh, there's certainly no reason why they would hold back. If they're using psychological operations, trauma-induced mind control, weaponized superstition, uh, not just lies, but I'm talking real manipulation, subliminals would be the least of it. And, and then you go ahead and just look back at Netflix as a perfect example of their level of control and their true purpose behind this integration of news media with entertainment media through predictive programming when you see that Netflix was founded and its first CEO co-founder is a person who's related to Edward Bernays and Sigmund Freud and a lot of people have been talking about this lately and we've discussed this for some time but it's worth repeating because if you just throw these together it explains everything uh, Bernays and the propagandizing of the mass mind that describes how we arrived at the massified mind. 
and the consensus internalized worldview that they control. And Freud, there you get your understanding of our subconscious motivations. And you can see how marketing and mass media and the attention economy make full use of their understanding of what's going on beneath the hood. All right, let us continue. Yes, Peace Circle 360, we are live. I sent out notifications. If you didn't get text alerts, just go to ips.monster, get on the newsletter. We are doing text alerts again. So let's go ahead and catch up. Zaproxy had left me a comment. He said, Musk never sent a car to space. They even showed the studio the car was mounted on in front of the screens. It was a type of test, it seems. I think so, too. It was a perception test. And we failed. They succeeded. When I saw the Musk car in space, I thought it was over. I was like, wow, they overshot. They overdid it. They overplayed their hand. This is going to bring down the entire lie world order infrastructure. Nobody's going to believe this. It's going to raise so many questions. Nobody's that dumb. Nobody's that visually illiterate. No one's that foolish. And Musk comes out laughing. Fool- he, he laughs like he, he knew the gig was up. And he says, well, it must be real because it looks so fake. His point was is that if they faked it, it would have looked realer or something. I mean, it didn't make any sense. Word salad, maybe. It was confusing. But the point of it is, he got he got away with it. He got away with faking it. So what Zaproxy mentions here, it was a type of test, it seems. It may be right. Maybe it was a test, or it was a show of power. Like when O'Brien, in the Ministry of Love, Room 101, during the torture scene of Winston Smith, says, how many fingers am I holding up? And Winston has to answer... Uh, five if he's holding up four the point of it is it's a show of power where they tell you what's real and you just go with it and if you don't you have to experience cognitive dissonance you have to be called a conspiracy theorist it's just easier to lie along and just get go along with the program and I think that's kind of what we're looking at here perhaps it's a show of force like we can have this ridiculous thing on TV and everybody's gonna go with it and those of you who can see through it yeah nothing you can do. And then you look crazy for trying to tell them that they're going along with the deception. Another comment by the same person said, it's not just pre-programming, it's more like a quantum entanglement attempt, a voodoo doll of sorts, the past linked to the future. Interesting comment. It just got me thinking about this idea that when we are looking at these psyops and if we are in, in any way if we are in any way, and this gets into the metaphysical speculation, but if we're in any way somehow conduits, co-creators, if we're somehow responsible through our intention uh, for whatever kind of synchronistic events occur, um, in other words, it just seems like maybe there is something to it. If there is such a thing as magic, then we are instruments in the operations at work. We're just simply batteries in the matrix. And when we say the word magic, of course, we're just using old terminology for something that may actually have a more mundane explanation. You know, there's that expression by Arthur C. Clarke, any sufficiently developed technology would be indistinguishable from magic. It's just a way of saying we don't have the words to 
describe it yet. You know, Arthur C. Clarke's the one who wrote, he actually wrote Space Odyssey, you know, the, Stephen, the, the Stanley Kubrick movie. And in the original movie, or original book, they don't go to Jupiter, they go to Saturn. And think about that. They go to Saturn. Why didn't they put that in the movie? It would have been too obvious. Monolith, Saturn, Black Cube. I think they had to hold something back. Psygirl says, Kanye said it was like living in the Truman Show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when the Uvalde shooting happened, Kanye came out noticing how he heard about it from everybody all at once. And he said it was like being in the Truman Show. Yeah. We live in a Truman Show. We, we actually do. I don't know how many like people going with the program it takes to manage those who break away, you know, every potential uh, flight risk. But it is true. The massified mind is the Truman, the person who goes along with all the programming. The massified mind has zero friction. It goes along to get along. When he broke with his programming, they tried their best to keep him in. They tried to sabotage him. They lied to him. They gaslighted him. I mean, the movie's a comedy, but if you look at it, Truman Burbank was a victim of significant emotional abuse on multiple levels. I mean, he could have just, he could have lost his sanity in that ordeal. But he was a false man who became true by breaking free of the rigid mold personality they gave to him. And that rigid mold personality is what I call the massified mind, the person who goes with the program. Elephant Tusk asks if we're living in Atlas Shrugged now. Well, you know, Atlas Shrugged ends with a blackout. It ends with a lockdown, not a lockdown, but with a purposeful destruction of industry, shutting off the lights, and the elite who do it, the saboteurs, run off to a place called Atlantis, promising not to return until they have starved the parasite of socialism. Are we living in Atlas Shrugged? It's, it's an interesting question. You know, I, I listened to Anne Rand uh, the other day. I was listening to some of her speeches. And I like a lot of her books. I think I've read them all. Uh, I agree with most of what she says. But the problem with it is the objectivism philosophy arose at a time that we were being filtered into the mass media worldview, which is divorced from objective reality. Objectivism fell flat on, it, flat on its face. And they really glorified NASA and space travel and said this is the ultimate result of man's intellect. We got past religion and mysticism. I'm sorry, no you didn't. You just fell for a new trick by the same types of mind control operations. Now the Atlas Shrugged though has a few other elements to it that might be worth looking at in this context. The Atlas thing is kind of interesting. Um, of course the idea of Atlas Shrugging but Atlantis is where everyone goes out to hide when they shrug, when they stop carrying the burden. So like Atlas represents the people carrying the burden for the unemployed or the, you know, in a socialistic system where the most able, the ones who are making the most money or paying the most in taxes, they're seeing in her view as victims, they're actually like oppressed. So when they cease to pay for society, when they cease to pay taxes, when they throw off government, they shrug the world, and they, they hide out in Colorado till everybody starves. Then they come back. 
to rebuild it, to build back better. All right, let us continue. Nicotrama says, RFB is encouraging everyone to buy earplugs to block the sounds that we heard and leave the world behind. Yes, leave the world behind had this reoccurring theme of these things passing over. Some kind of sirens. Were they aliens? I'm not sure what they said that they were, but interesting. Is he selling earplugs? I mean, RFB lost me March 30th or so, 2020, where he said on April Fool's Day, they're going to shut off the internet and they're going to come pick me up in a black car and you'll never hear from me again. Like, wait, in a couple of days, they're going to shut off the internet and we're never going to hear from Richie from Boston again. And he's, and before he terminates his live stream, he's like, and here's the coupon code to get storable food items from Richie from Boston um, dot whatever. I'm like, wait, the internet's going down. So even if I were to place an order for Richie from Boston storable food items, how is it going to get to me? It didn't make any sense. So he's probably selling earplugs. Grangerman says, David Copperfield is supposed to make the moon disappear in February 2024. You know, it was in February that Moonfall came out. The movie about the moon falling down to the earth. Continuing here. Yeah, what's going to happen with Elon Musk... Cygirl says, next thing we'll hear is a confession from Musk that he was tricked by his own engineers at Falcon X or SpaceX. What's going to happen? He's like being called out for, for fakery, for fibbing with his electric cars. Yet still, are people going to have complete faith in, faith in Musk with outer space, with CubeSats? There's some kind of a opportunity here. It's an opportunity, I think, to make some strong points about fakeability, gullibility, and how we have liars in high places. And this is just a great opportunity. El Pinche says, I wonder what Nipsey Hussle is up to nowadays. How Nipsey Hussle would be what? He's about 38 now? 39? Whatever happened to that Nipsey Hussle marathon store? I think it got looted. I think BLM looted it. Which is kind of ironic, because it's the first smart store. He actually had, uh, Nipsey Hussle had the very first smart store in the world, Marathon, there in Crenshaw, where you just go in, and you grab your stuff, and it automatically bills you. Kind of like what the Amazon Go. So looting is actually how we're going to be shopping in the future. Tominoid says, did she write all those vampire books? That's, that's Anne Rice... Although Ayn Rand did more or less describe communists and collectivists as vampires and cannibals, that they have the that they are the moral equivalent of of cannibals. Cygirl says, I got to meet Barbara Brandon at a conference in Athens back in 1995, years before she wrote The Passion of Ayn Rand. Her ex-husband Nathaniel made millions from his self-esteem movement. Interesting. The people surrounding Ayn Rand were very interesting. I think the objectivist philosophy makes a lot of sense in a lot of areas, but as I said, it got filtered like everything else. If there is any true objectivism in the world today, it is the it is only I think it can only be claimed 
by those who are applying skepticism towards mass media. And not just news, not just Fox, not just CNN, not just left or right, but I'm talking the mass-mediated worldview. If you're not skeptical of that at a starting point, then you're not skeptical. All the media is non-skeptical media. All media is not skeptical. Objectivists are not objectivists. The only objectivists today are media critics at our level. Auto-hooksology, fakeology, John LeVon's channel has been on this level for some time, and it truly is a, a paradigm shift between the mainstream view and the woke-slash-red-pill and then it's a deeper shift to go from there to recognizing that the whole thing is a worldview. It's a religion. Mass media is the de facto world state church. Pope Elon is doing a, a huge um, part of the operation, I think, that is involving tearing down free speech, free flow of ideas, so they can regulate it and give us our new Bible. And the new Bible is your iPhone. It is your worldview that has been screened for you. But they haven't finished it yet. They still have to have some calamity to justify increased levels of censorship, masking your minds, vaxxing your minds. They, they want to quarantine the internet, just like they did the world. So they're going to quarantine the metaverse, as they did the meatverse. That's coming next. Zinvella says, I loved her book, The Fountainhead, when I was younger. Again, more Ayn Rand. Uh, didn't The Fountainhead have some kind of... No, no, it was it was Atlas Shrugged that had, like, free energy, perpetual energy, free energy machine. Like an engine that John Galt invented, but he wasn't going to give it to society because he didn't want it to be regulated and taxed. Joined by X322, thanks for joining. Psygirl says, would we like to see them throw Elon Musk under the bus? Would he drag NASA and the ISS under that bus with him? We have to defend his free speech rights. Just like we have to defend lying grifter Alex Jones's free speech rights. It's a matter of principle. Not the scummy personalities who are deployed as ritual public sacrifices. Right, well, the censorship that they're going to enact is going to be partisan and unfair and not principled. However, I happen to think Musk is taking a fall. He's taking a fall on behalf of the powers that be. Same thing with Alex Jones. You know, Alex Jones had everything in his power to destroy the PSYOP entertainment complex. He's in a position. He has the information. Ask Jim Fetzer. In fact, Jim Fetzer was appalled when he asked Alex Jones if he read Nobody Died at Sandy Hook, and Jones said he hadn't read it. I'm like, wait you're ignoring the best research material on something and if you're being hit with a lawsuit for 1.21 trillion dollars I'm pretty sure you're gonna look into the possibility that the other side is lying you're gonna look for any sort of defense and the fact that he just he just took the punishment he just uh, more or less accepted the premise that he was wrong that he had a psychosis that he fell into a conspiracy rabbit hole and went too far no, he, he actually went back on his word. And I'm just saying, he has too much information to go back to the official story. He has more information than we do, and we can deconstruct the official stories. And one more point. 
the alt-right personalities that we've been seeing for decades have always been the what I, I consider to be a controlled opposition is, is an easy term to use but it's kind of vague and generic but I think I look at them more as guardrailers that they are there for anyone who strays and it keeps them from going over the rails it keeps them from exiting the world stage Jake the a-hole says Tim a few weeks ago there was a shooting at UNLV three supposedly died and then Las Vegas Raiders lost 3-0 three days later the next week, Raiders won 63-21, to scoring three times more than the Chargers. Fascinating. And the UNLV shooter, that shooting happened six years and 66 days after the Las Vegas Harvest Festival shooting. Moreover, he then sent 22 envelopes with white powder around. We're talking about the UNLV shooter, who is a huge Alex Jones fan. So he makes the news as Alex Jones gets back on X as we pass or approach the anniversary of Sandy Hook. They love to tie all these psyops together. But the numerology there tied in with the sports, that's interesting. All right, let's see what else we have here. N.A. Literalist says, Orbiting is free perpetual energy. Well, you know, the ISS actually needs to be boosted once in a while. You know how they have to send up these supply modules once in a while that bump into the back of it, and then they they bring in the monkey costumes, the guitars, the genetically modified mice. Those supply modules, supposedly, are what keep the ISS going, because each one bumps it, and that little bump is enough to keep it going. But were it not for those, eventually it would fall and burn in our atmosphere. All right, continuing. Ryler05 says, Alex Jones and Bill Cooper, all military intelligence. I like Bill Cooper's work. Uh, Bill Cooper fearlessly uh, really went after NASA and exposed the occult underpinnings to NASA pageantry. Jones never went there. He's a full-blown... Nasatologist. Nasatology is just another scammy space religion, but unlike Scientology, they have pretty decent special effects. Fools most people. Although Scientology has much better actors. But Alex Jones, yeah, full blown Nasatologist, friends with astronauts. Uh, Cooper is the one who broke down the symbolism behind the Challenger explosion. And he even decoded some Metascript. He said, look at the names of the shuttles. A Columbian endeavor to destroy... No, no, a Columbian endeavor to discover the new Atlantis. Challengers will be destroyed. So this sentence is kind of a statement from the NWO. This is a Columbian endeavor to discover Atlantis. Challengers will be destroyed. I also really like Bill Cooper's breakdowns of movies like he did 2001 A Space Odyssey and broke it down, nuance, really goes down, scene by scene by scene. And that movie has predicted programming for COVID for 9-11 and for George Floyd. There's some Floyd reference, even tying in a fake epidemic I mean, it's and, and a corona. It's pretty intriguing when you look at it. And it only makes sense. If you 
take into account news bending, reality bending, and of course they bend our horizons. Elephant Tusk says all mainstream sports are rigged. Yeah, look at that hockey game where player number 22 slashes the throat of number 47. And afterward, you have a few games that refer back to 47. Like the goalie blocks his 47th attempt at a goal. Then you have at the 47th minute, somebody scores after a moment of silence for number 47. Everyone's got the 47s. So I'm like, okay, something's up here because we're entering into this new presidential race for number 47. And of course, he's killed by number 22. 47 days left in the year, number 22 is charged with manslaughter. Another 47. It kept on piling on. So I started looking at this. Then Derek Chauvin, 47 years old, gets stabbed 22 times. Can't be a coincidence. And this was on a Black Friday. And the name Derek Chauvin, we talk about a lot, Derek is derived from a hangman, if you look at the etymology, and Chauvin is a reference to Western chauvinism. The Proud Boys, who are the opposite of Antifa, the Proud Boys who stand against BLM, they call themselves Western chauvinists. The leader of the Proud Boys was sentenced to 22 years. So 22 years, 22 stabs for Mr. Chauvinism, uh, number 22 slashes 47, Derek's 47, something's here, something is, uh, there's a pattern here that's been established. And that's just scratching the surface. And I think it goes back to Super Bowl 47 and the 33 minutes of darkness. And they called it a blackout bowl. Blackout bowl, Black Friday stabbing, blackouts being a major theme right now. Leave the World Behind has copious predictive programming, concurrent programming, where it's like, wait, the movie's about a blackout and they're laughing at us because they're saying it's predictive programming. Then you have Elon Musk's Teslas being recalled. It's like, wait, the movie just had the Teslas on autopilot shutting down cities. What are the odds? Then you had the cyber attacks, or rather the cyber hacking being pointed out. You had a blackout in New York. And, you know, these are just examples, and I think it's just so obvious that the public is noticing. Yeah, Derek Chauvin got stabbed 22 times and lived on a Black Friday by a FBI informant, part of the Mexican Mafia, but yes, on Black Friday, he was stabbed 22 times. And so I'm like, there's something to that as well, because we're talking about this dialectic, you know, black-white hockey game. is a black player, kills a white player, number 47. The family says they want justice. And the term justice makes no sense if you're talking about manslaughter. Or, you know, they, they had this headline about justice. I'm like, what does that mean? Well, it's part of this, I think, code social justice, black and white, a reckoning. And again, the Barack Obama movie coming out adds to all of this. And there's all kinds of intrigue with Matt Perry. You know, because, you know, Matt Perry's character, Chandler Bing's birthday is 4-8. That's the day of that eclipse that does the X across America next year, that completes the X. And in the movie, Leave the World Behind, they constantly show this map of America with a big X through it. Half of it's red, like it's been drawn and quartered, even upside down. Then you have the fact that his death date happens on a lunar eclipse, which happens to be Julia Roberts's birthday, and they dated at one point, and she mentioned that the movie, or rather the, the, the series Friends, being a huge part of that movie was kind of a tribute to Chandler, to uh, 
Matthew Perry. And I think Matthew Perry's death, the drowning, and his depression likely pertains to what's to come. I think that what's to come, the flood, is also a huge part of the movie Leave the World Behind. It's referencing this flood, and I think it could be financial, underwater, depression. Like These are just code words. Jake the A-Hole says, Whitney Strong was supposedly shot 12 times. She lived and dedicated her life to stopping gun violence. Strong. Yeah, you got to love the world stage names. Like, who? there was one guy, it was during 2020, it was one of these Proud Boys, he shot himself in the toe, and his name was, like, Tozy. I mean, really stupid. So, I mean, sometimes they're just really bad. I mean, who was the first person to get the uh, the vaccine? Some guy named William Shakespeare from Warwickshire with a sister named Margaret. We have a list of world stage names. We have to rewrite a lot of them because there were there were a lot more at one point. But um, our main channel was taken down. Yeah, listen to this. Proud Boy named Tiny Toes. T-O-E-S-E. That's his name. His name's Tiny Toes. He was shot in the foot during an anti-COVID protest in Olympia, Washington. A leader... Yeah, the leader of your Portland Proud Boys, Tiny Tozy, gets shot in the toe during an anti-COVID protest. I'm sure that's real. 100%. Yep, that's real. Seems legit. It's got to be real. It just sounds so fake. Still, I, I have to say my favorite fake death in recent history is uh, Roseanne Boylan, who had the Don't Tread on Me flag, and then she got trampled to death by her fellow mangas. Fake. Here's a dummy. We can prove it. Ask Woo's News. And look, January 6th was a huge illusion. The fact that Trump is being raked over the coals, maybe 14th Amendment is going to be invoked because he started an insurrection. Yeah, that entire thing was fake. Nobody died. Ashley Babbitt didn't die. Officer Sicknick didn't die. It wasn't a peaceful protest and Ray Epps and some other feds instigated a riot. Not at all. The entire thing was a drama. It was a play. From 33-year-old Jake on Jelly on down, every single person who was on the set was on a movie set. It was stage. I know this. You know this. Anybody who's looked at it closely knows this. Anybody who's followed Woo's News knows this to be true. And are we to believe that Trump and all these Trumpanzees, all these magas don't have access to the same information? Like, if I was going to be blocked from running for president because somebody ran a PSYOP, I would expose it as a PSYOP. I wouldn't still fight it as though it was a real thing. This is where we have to recognize the difference between the real world and the simulation, and who's playing roles in the simulation, because they control the real world through controlling our internalized version of it, which is the sim. So we do live in a simulation, augmented virtual reality. But instead of wearing an Oculus, you have a screen over your head, over your face. And that screen augments your reality with all sorts of things, like the, the riot at January 6th. That was basically an augmentation. It didn't actually happen uh, the way it was reported. That's how powerful the propaganda is. They create myths. These are contemporary myths. These things will last. They'll go in the history books. It's going to go down in history this way. Unless we maintain a parallel record of truth that they aren't able to burn. We're going to have to come up with our own version of the Georgia Guidestones. Like, all the news is fake. 
just write it in stone. They've been using psyops. They monopolize perception. They are obsessed with reality control. Can't trust any of the networks. Anything in history is mainstream media special interests presented as an objective account of what happened. Like, we need to write our own. Carve it in stone. Because if we don't, the official mainstream mediated worldview will go down in history as what actually happened. And all of us who saw the truth, yeah, we're just going to be swept into the dustbin. Zinvella says, whatever happened to um, Wainel Sexton? Oh, you're talking about the teacher, George Floyd's teacher. And the woman who was shot in Vegas. And the triggered mother at Orlando. And the triggered mother at Thousand Oaks. And the raging professor, I think it was at a Milo Yiannopoulos. I don't know, she was, how many different scenes have we seen her in? At least five. I'd hate to think she's retired. Joe says, has Trump ever said the word PSYOP? Who knows? Musk has said it. Musk has said it because they're diffusing it. He took fake news. We were talking about fake news 2016. And they took that away from us. And they made it partisan. Oh, that's, that's fake. It means a partisan angle. It doesn't mean simulated. That's magic. I mean, Trump is a wizard on the world stage. All right, let me continue here. Ryler05 says, the myth makers is what I call them. Where were you when JFK was shot? Where were you when 9-11 happened? Oh, yeah, myth makers. These are contemporary myths. It's like a crucifixion. You know, um, an event that reshapes the world paradigm around one spectacular event. And it could be the case that 9-11 was probably like maybe a reset button in a sense I, I compared the atomic bomb the advent of the atomic bomb to the same thing because when they convinced the world that they could press a button and blow it up it redefined geopolitics it put us into a circular firing squad it put us all into a mass hostage situation where now we are all hostages to madmen with a lot of power which creates, I think, Stockholm Syndrome, where now your captor, you know, you're all essentially captives, but you're all now basically having to rely for your own survival on the person who has the power to destroy you. But they redefined everything with that fakery. And what they actually did with the fake nuke is they, they blew up the world. That is, they destroyed objective reality. And when they destroyed objective reality, they were able to define it now through the TV, through mass media, and reestablish control through mental means. So it's not like they have a, an actual loaded weapon pointed at us, but they have us thinking that there is a, such a thing. Yeah, phones are open if you have any comments. 505-349-0420. Uh, Jake the A-hole says, I posted a video showing Trump endorsing the V yesterday. There are still people that love him. Yeah, they, they have all kinds of cognitive dissonance on that. And I'm not even anti-V. I'm not anti-anti-V. I'm not anti-pro-V. I'm not pro-pro-V. I don't care. To me, it's it's a political football. And it's a football. You know, if you talk about it, they censor you. But it's the equivalent of 
a blood pact with the state, a first holy communion, a baptism. Because what it represents is you putting your faith in government and its priesthood. That's all it represents. Virus is a new iteration of this archaic concept of sin. But they don't believe in sin anymore because now they've embraced scientism. So to empower their new priesthood to regulate everybody down to the level of the individual and their behaviors and how many of them congregate in a room, how close you can get to anybody else. That total regulation, that power, it came from the ubiquitous belief that they installed that replaced this old concept that only religious people believed in. So the traditional concept of sin and the progressive concept of virology and pandemics versus moral panics. I think these are both areas of control based on fear, fear of the other side. And if you don't have an other side, you can't control them. This is why they have the saved and the unsaved, the vaxxed and the anti-vaxxers. Anti-vaxxers are running a psyop to get the alt-media to be the complete counter to the mainstream media. Two sides of the same coin. And I don't carry water for any controlled opposition movement. I don't have any fake blood on my hands. You will not see me pining over fake dead kids. I mean, I say fake dead kids' lives don't matter. And some people even get offended by that. Like, how can you say that? It sounds harsh. Well, they don't matter. I don't care about any fake dead kids. Do you? Which fake dead kid matters to you more than the multitudes of children who are being traumatized with hyper-realistic school shooting drills? where they have to go through like 60 of these things by the time they graduate. The people who care about fake dead kids don't care about real victims of mass mind control. Okay, let's see what else we have here. Plain Dakota says, Jake, we can have Tim on your stream. Yeah, we could do that. You know, I'm going to be making a few stops First, I'm going to start here, but we're doing something of a book tour, this IPS Cyber Symposium thing, and I do plan to go out west. And I think this is going to be a very effective platform for clearing away a lot of debris, destroying bad arguments, and making the point that skepticism, applied skepticism, is valid and necessary, because right now we are living at a time of philosophical crisis, and we may be the only ones in the world who are objective who have an objective point of view outside of those who are actually perpetrating the Psy War itself, which is kind of interesting. It's like we're a, it's like you have a, a capstone, and then you have the people below it at various levels of ignorance, down to the bottom where it's just a sea of irrelevance, where the public is. And the raft concept is networking with those who aren't lost in the sea of irrelevance, who aren't lost in subjective belief systems, but rather have realized how this thing works to some extent. And as we group up, gang up, and aggregate, I think we're going to see a pretty clean breakaway from alt-media. From mainstream media, sure, but from alt-media. That's what we need to break away from. We need to break away from all of the gatekeepers, guardrailers, anybody carrying water for alt-media, false flag theories, anybody with fake theatrical blood. If you're carrying fake, de um, fake blood on your hands, if you're bearing false witness, yet we're going to have to leave you behind. And there's a reason for it. We need a purity, a pure skepticism, 
that doesn't exist on the world stage, and that needs to be the basis. You can't let people with one foot in the matrix, one foot off, have a say in it because they're not sober enough. You know, they, they're still hoodwinked. The digital hoodwink needs to be removed. And we can show you the light here. It's mind war inoculation. And it's as simple as recognizing that you don't have to believe everything as they report it. You don't have to let them download their propaganda into your mind. You don't have to believe it. You can say, I don't know. I don't have enough information. I don't want to take sides. All right, let's see here. Elephant Tusk says, have you, have you heard that they are banning the new Apple Watch because of a blood oxygen sensor lawsuit? Interesting, they put the blood sensor in before the CV arrived. I haven't heard that, but I noticed with the Apple Watch, in order to activate it, you make this hand gesture. Here we go. And the hand gesture is the triple six. You, know, you tap your index and your thumb. So it's like this Mark of the Beast reference. Okay, let's see here. Apple looks to avoid Apple Watch ban. Okay, they got to update it. Why is it being banned? Apple is halting sales of its Apple Watch Series 9. Okay, this is the first I've heard of it. Here we go. Because of a patent dispute over the device's blood oxygen monitor, it's preemptively taking steps to comply should a ruling hold from the U.S. International Trade Commission over the patent dispute. Should be interesting. But again, it, it is uh, another one of these things. Apple Watch 666. Just a coincidence. It kind of reminds me of the first Apple computer sold for $666. From Apple Watch to Implant, this calls for wisdom. This is a Time Magazine cover that has a foreshadowing. Yep, he chose the price of $666 for the first Apple computer. That was Steve Jobs, who might be John Lennon. Alright, let's continue here. Uh, humans are fueling global warming by breathing. This is from the New York Post. That's why they want you to wear a mask. They want us to cut down on our carbon footprints. World War Zero. They want to cut it in half. Could you breathe half as much, please? Yep, that's anti-human. Like, this place isn't made for us. You see the whole premise here? That for us to exist and not offend Gaia, not destroy the world, we're going to have to wear spacesuits, and we're going to have to have our own oxygen supplies. That's kind of where they're getting, where... We are now aliens to our own world. That we are toxic. We're super spreaders. They have to right limit how many steps you can take. And this is why they've introduced so much cultural pessimism about traveling, about airplanes. Like airplanes are causing global warming because of cirrus clouds caused by contrails. Or airplanes are causing climate catastrophe through geoengineering. Like, everyone who follows along with these stories, whether it's climate change or, or geoengineering, they're buying into a lot of cultural pessimism. The world's being destroyed because human beings are exhaling. Yep, um, human breath contains small, elevated concentrations of methane, which contributes to global warming. 
All right. Methane and nitrous oxide exhaled by humans makes up 0.1% of the UK's greenhouse gas emissions. Now, you, here's an, another example of the misanthropy on full display. And in 2020, about a month after lockdown, NASA shared satellite imagery from Beijing, and they said, look, the measures that we've taken to suppress the economy in light of the pandemic has resulted in cleaner skies, clearer atmosphere. And they even went on to say that more lives will be saved from clean air than, would have, than will be lost from the virus, which makes the case that it would be good for humanity and it would be good for Gaia if we could have an annual pandemic. Like nature just has an immune system, you know, and once in a while it kills some of this virus off that we call, the virus we call human. Yes, Grangerman Tucker was on Tim Pool yesterday. He was asked about what he couldn't tell his family. He believes the aliens are just demons that have always been here. Okay, I heard him talking about it. I didn't know he went on Tim Pool to talk about it and go deeper. Now, the storyline here that's been coming up, MTG brought it up. I've been saying for some time that the left wing will worship aliens as techno-saviors for their scientism, religion, and transhumanism. They see aliens as perfect. Evolved humans from the future, no carbon footprints, they're not bound to the earth, they can travel into the heavens and they're gray. No race, no gender, they're perfect. They're all the same. And to the right wing, of course, those are demons. And they believe in angels. So the right is already prepared to fight against the aliens. The left already worships aliens. And they don't believe in angels, because that's silly. And the right doesn't believe in aliens, because that's silly. You see how it works? It's, like I said, it's a bifurcated system. It's the best way to describe it. People go on both sides of the fence. If you're left wing, you're ready to go to space in the saucers. If you're right wing, that's the devil. But you'll take the ride with angels. But this is likely going somewhere. I was following along with um, Jim Stewartson, who's this major league anti-QAnon type, which I respect. I mean, QAnon is a massive cult and mind F operation targeting free thinkers. You know, really, it's, it's to sabotage any real tr truth movement. But anyway, uh, Jim Stewartson has wrote extensively on this. And what he recently talked about is how this recent discussion about aliens being demons might actually have something nefarious about it. And he thinks it goes back to some neo-Nazi propaganda from the 1930s, or Nazi propaganda. And he's suggesting that this is some kind of lead-up to branding uh, Jews as reptilian aliens. That's kind of what Jim Stewartson says. So I'm just saying, it's interesting that Tucker is now suddenly talking about aliens, but suggesting that they're here on Earth, they're not from somewhere else, and that they are somehow very dark. And it's such a dark topic, he can't talk to his wife about it. And I, I kind of found that annoying, because I'm like, wait, you're in the media, but you feel like this is too important to tell us that we're just the regular people, but I thought you were a populist. Again, fake populist. He's one of the elitists. And can the little people know this? Or should we keep it from them? You see how that works? But let me bring up this Substack piece because it may shine some light on this subject here.
this thing with Tucker Carlson and these... He, now, he said dark, and he wouldn't say specifically... Okay, Jim Stewartson, Mind War, the psych, Psychological War on Democracy. Writing research and podcasts for understanding and resisting the propaganda, psyops, and malicious actors assaulting global liberal democracy. He's kind of an Antifa type. And he, he's totally brainwashed, obviously. He thinks everything is real. But this is where his research is interesting to me because he, he does dig up some fascinating stuff. He's one of the individuals who put together the clips with General Flynn praying to the angels of the seven rays from the I Am Temple cult, which was a doomsday cult, by the way. Here we go. Operation Z. The coordination between Kremlin and its American cutouts should be a break glass moment. Now, this is a reference, it's a, a review of this recent meetup with a lot of these alt-right types. I just say right-wing. Alt-right doesn't mean anything anymore. There is no alternative. But specifically, General Flynn. And what he says here, startlingly, uh, startlingly, Mike Flynn dropped all pretense about his alliances and goals and said, quote, in the cycles of history, there are global elites who see the world very different than people like Trump and Putin. And he says, Putin has his eyes on the collapsing United States of America. So he's going on about this. And then he gets into, here it is. This is interesting. The Kremlin issues official policy on reptilians. Last week, a Kremlin-controlled St. Petersburg University issued a paper called The Russian Family as the Basis for National Statehood. One of the authors is a director of the FSB, which is the Russian CIA. This scientific paper, and I'll put a link below in the chat if anybody here wants to read this whole thing, is a syncretic mixture of religion, nationalism, and pseudoscience promoting anti-Semitic reptilians theory that posits alien blood has infected Jews and others who have infiltrated Russia and the world in general. The Kremlin is setting up Russia versus reptilians, where reptilians can be anyone they deem a, an enemy. Now, I used to read David Icke, and I thought his reptilian theory was interesting. And I thought, how did he arrive at this? It's just random people mentioning it. And he put two and two together, and he came to this conclusion. And, you know, I thought it was wrong, but it was interesting, kind of funny. But then the ADL started having his books pulled from stores everywhere. I'm like, wait, why are they pulling David Icke books? It's because reptilian, it turns out, was just code for Jew. You see how that works? He never says that, but he took the old protocols of the elders of Zion. He took all these anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and just threw in reptilian. So now here we're kind of arriving at, well, that may have had an agenda. And what this paper goes back to is that this goes back to like the 1930s and it goes into the Tucker part. So here it says here, according to this Kremlin approved paper, the majority of non-humans include Westerners, Asian migrants, and supporters of democracy and liberalism. So liberals are a bunch of reptoids says, note too that Russian kids are being trained to kill, quote, lizards in video games. Now, I haven't heard about this before, but there's a link to something about this. 
Now here it says, Tucker's UFO fetish explained. On Redacted, an aggressively pro-Kremlin podcast, neo-Nazi podcaster Tucker Carlson appeared to be running anti-Semitic reptilian psyops in concert with the Kremlin. So what he's suggesting is that Tucker going on about these profound alien revelations is coordinated with this paper from the Kremlin, Russia versus the Reptilians. Carlson repeatedly alluded to a very, very, very dark, frightening evidence of aliens but not extraterrestrials, which makes it clear where it's going. The reptilians have infected some of us. Let me play this clip if you haven't caught up with Tucker's paranoid rambling about how the public can't deal with it. It's too far out. The implications are too um, profound. And so, and I understand that because I've heard things where I'm just like, oh man, I, I don't even really want to know that, uh, yeah, honestly. Deeply so. disturbing stuff. You know, forget like saucers you know I mean? and technology. It's yeah, deeply, yeah. No, deeply no, no, disturbing no. stuff. Stuff that I haven't even told Natalie. Yep. I agree with you. It's so disturbing. Exactly. I can't even tell my kids. My kids ask me stories about it and I, I won't say yeah, it because no, no. it's so dark. <laughs> So again, both of them say they can't tell their wives. Dark. I yeah. totally agree. Miles is watching. So. Okay, Miles, if you're watching the show, Daddy's yeah. not going to tell you about that part of the UFO <laughs> stuff and what's going on with the government. Well, can, in that can, can I say one thing? I, I'm, they've known clearly. I mean, this is, I think, established, and I feel comfortable saying this as fact. The U.S. government. I mean, these are real, whatever they are. They're not human, and the government has known that for a long time, possibly going back to the 1930s at least. And of course, there's tons of evidence in the written record, in the physical record, in paintings, um, and in the and in literature that people have been seeing and interacting with these things for a long time. So we know that. But the justification one often hears is, well, the government the government, various presidents who have been read in, not all have been, um, haven't wanted to disclose this because it would scare people. And I've always thought that's that's bullshit. You know, you're hiding a crime, which they are, by the way, in my right. opinion. Now, um, I want to point out, he said 1930s, and that is here. Carlson says the United States has had evidence of these aliens since the 1930s, which is significant to the Jewish Nazi reptilian conspiracy theories pushed by people like British psychopath David Icke. But I do think there's a sense in which that's not totally crazy. Like there is some stuff, if it's true, and I'm kind of thinking it may be true, that's so radical that, um, yeah, well, as we both said, we you know, don't want to tell the people we love most about it because like, why would you you know, disturb someone like that. So I kind of get that. I hate to admit it. I'm not, I'm not arguing for hiding things. I believe in the truth and I believe in disclosure, but I understand the impulse, like, holy smokes, this is heavy. You know what right. I mean? Again, uh, they are both in agreement that this information is way over our heads. We can't handle it. Salty says, I hate his goofy laugh. Elephant Tusk says nauseating. Oh, I would say that his laugh is quite literally based on the original uh, Riddler. And Tucker was considered or compared to the Riddler indirectly when that movie came out. And again, the Riddler was the Q-like character in the new Batman movie. And the Riddler's weapon is a Tucker that he uses to kill the mayor or whatever. It's like a carpet Tucker. But the point of it is, when the movie came out, Tucker Carlson was blamed for that mass shooting at the supermarket. So Tucker, the Riddler, radicalized the shooter. The Batman movie, the, Q, the 
Riddler radicalizes his followers. But anyway, Tucker was compared to the Riddler in the sense, because he's online with replacement theory radicalizing mass shooters to fight this race war. Now here's... I think I have some clips of the Riddler. Maybe I won't play it right now. I'll have to find some... I'll do some side-by-sides. But the original Riddler is definitely a similar um, type of laugh, which I'm suggesting might be part of the characterization. In other words, it might be um, contrived. But yes, if you look at the, the Riddler um, action figure, the Riddler toy that they put out there, he's holding a tucker. And again, I, I just think that's, look, this is it. The Batman Riddler's tucker, nasty looking weapon. Why does he use a tucker? Because it's negative branding, it's association. The Riddler killed the mayor with a tucker, which became a major clue in his grand scheme. It was to reel that the corruption was being swept under the rug. Oh, that's clever. Joined by P. Trippa, thank you for joining. Alright, continuing. We have a lot of comments that I've been saving from YouTube that I wanted to go through. Throwing Pearls had said... No, I'm going to skip that one. Okay, here's one. Tash says, There's plenty of proof that chemtrails exist. I've seen videos of the equipment and the tanks and the aircraft, and I've heard the pilots talking to the filmer about the contents of the tanks, and I've seen them being dumped from the point of view inside the craft. They're absolutely real. They're putting aluminum in the air and getting the heavy metals into us, crops, and livestock. It's slow poisoning, and they're going to fry us with their frequencies once we have enough conductivity. There's an agenda here. And if you think it's natural, it's ridiculous. We didn't have these in the 90s. And they wouldn't be crisscrossing back and forth if they were just exhaust. There's something else there. Chemtrail Believer. Now, Chemtrail Believers, I'm suggesting, are the right-wing equivalent of climate Gretas. Chemtrail Gretaism is a thing. Uh, the, the idea that he, he has evidence, this is a liar. Look, this guy's not trying to be honest with me. He says he has evidence and that, that you can find pictures of these tanks inside of the planes. Yeah, you can find pictures and memes, but if you do your research, if you do any research, you'll find out what those are specifically. But it's a belief system. It's a superstition at this point. It's not scientific. It's not based on observation. The people who still believe in the stuff aren't making rigid, uh, rigid, uh, sorry, they're not making a rigorous observations. They're not waking up and saying, this time of day, we saw this. But what I have noticed in the last few years is that whenever we get close to the, summer, the, to the winter solstice, as we get close to Christmas, more of these trails are being noticed. And why is that? Because the climate has changed. The season has changed. It's more conducive to persistent cirrus clouds or condensation trails. But what's more, people aren't at work. They're at home. They're looking around. They're noticing it. But it's more obvious during certain parts of the year. I don't see any of them during the summer. But the people who are constantly crying wolf about this aren't able to correlate their summer observations with their winter observations and realize what has actually changed here. 
and they're not making real authentic observations. It's a superstition, prove me wrong. I won't even debate it, like seriously, because there's nothing to debate. But what I would be happy to debate is whether or not condensation trails are ugly. Because I would argue that they are aesthetically beautiful, arresting at times. And if you don't think condensation trails are beautiful, I want to know your reason why. Like, why are you, why are you insistent that these things are ugly? That it's hard on the eyes? That it's evidence of, you know, toxicity and poison? Because I think what they have done is they have smuggled a bit of cultural pessimism into the worldview of people who should be admiring evidences of human progress. Like we fly now. We fly for no reason, just to go have fun way over there. Like, that's not a bad thing, except from the point of view of the misanthropists in charge who don't like the fact that you breathe, much less travel. Let's see what we got here. Ryler says, I saw a doc on Odyssey that claims chemtrails are a change in the type of fuel they started using in the 90s. Uh, that could be part of it, if it has more water vapor it would be more conducive, but it's also altitude. And you can find charts from the 1950s that the Air Force uses to keep their military planes out of those areas at those times that would produce trails that would give them away. P. Trippa says, what about the more general theory that the weather may be modified by others? I reject anthropogenic global warming. I reject anthropogenic climate change. I don't think that man is altering Gaia. I'm not even convinced that the Earth is a disparate object suspended in space as a closed system. It might be bigger. So I cannot even accept the premise that, yeah, we're messing up the world. Because if you accept the premise, then it's like, what do we do? Oh, well, Klaus Schwab's here. He can help us. Oh, yeah, just ground all your airplanes. Cut, it up, cut out all the capitalism. Stop your consumption of fossil fuels. Uh, stop thinking you need to travel. You have the internet. Why do you need to travel? You see, they need the right wing to reject their own freedoms, their own basis for freedom. The left already feels guilty about freedom. They feel guilty. Go to NBC Climate Confessionals. They feel so bad for breathing, for their carbon footprints. But the right wing, they don't because they still believe in freedom. However, conspiracy theorists, right wingers have adopted the same pessimism that the leftist climate activists have. And it's because they were tricked with this contrail stuff. So in, until I see evidence that the weather is being changed, no. And then somebody will say, well, what about cloud seeding? That's apples and oranges. We're not talking about local things. We're talking about climate and does man have the ability to alter the weather. And they want you to believe that. And it's also partisan because we're saying, oh, it's only being done by the side that believes in private property and free market. It's not the communists that are doing it. And it's the poor who are victims of the rich. And it's, it's class warfare dressed up as something else. So why would I accept the premise? What you're doing, if you accept the premise, is you're saying, yeah, go ahead and wage class warfare. The rich need to pay because they're oppressing the poor. That's the basic narrative of it. And that's why I reject it. And all the people who claim that they're super worried about chemtrails don't wear masks. So I don't believe them. It's like when the news media comes out there with their uh, shaming people for not wearing masks in 2020. And then people would stop and say, well, your camera crew is not wearing masks. You know, it's, it's just this recurring theme. It's like, well, do you really fear it?
So if you're a chemtrail believer and you don't have masks, I don't care. If you're a climate change believer and you still have a cell phone or a smartphone and you drive a car, I don't care. The man who crashed his car into President Joe Biden's motorcade in Wilmington, Delaware, has been identified as 46-year-old James Cooper. A couple of things about it. Biden's motorcade was hit after somebody said something about, how do you feel about losing to Donald Trump? And then his motorcade gets hit. James Cooper, age 46. Any connections here? Well, Biden's number 46. JFK was 46 when he was shot. Biden's son, Bo, died at 46. There might be something to it. George Floyd was 46. This guy's 46, initials JC. Again, don't know what it all means, except that it happened underneath the sign Bank of America, BOA. The, the 46 may have some meaning. I think it might have to do with the... It could be the JFK thing that kind of clued me in on this, but I have a few theories about it. I think it has to do with the killing of the king. For Like the... The JFK thing was this killing of the king, right? They called it, but you know, it has all the 33s attached to it. What is that about? Well, the Twin Towers were 33 years old when they were pulled, and 13 years later, the new tower rose. So there is a 46 year period with that particular psyop from creation to destruction, resurrection. Again, just kind of putting these ideas out there. I don't know what it means in particular. But I just take note of these numbers. G33 says there is a 33 in the Bank of America symbol. Let me see that. Oh, yeah, and, and of course, BOA. I always thought of it as like a snake, you know, boa constrictor. Okay, I see it. Yeah, it's 11, 11, 11. So there's three 11s or a 33. Pretty obvious there. Yes, Psy Girl, The Golden Bow, Fraser, Killing of the King. If you haven't read The Golden Bow, anyone here, I recommend it because it, I think it explains the basis for the thinking behind a lot of their uh, rituals and how it's based on, you know, nature, nature worship, paganism. Uh, Golden Bow proposed that mankind progresses from magic through religious belief to scientific thought. It's a study in magic and religion excellent book and it's referenced by James Shelby downward when he's describing the death of Kennedy and in this he goes back into these various rites where the kings would be killed to ensure the success of their country or their you know it's kind of interesting I've seen some repeated themes here like for example kind of a side note when Chris Rock was slapped by Will Smith Around that time, I'd found this article in the Jerusalem Post. It was like the king slapping ritual from Babylon, where the king was slapped. Here it is. Slapping the king on the cheek in ancient Babylon, ancient custom. And it was about humility, but also if he brought, if he didn't cry, if there weren't any tears, then it was a bad sign. The humiliation of the king during the New Year ritual served a double purpose to bring him to tears and find some more details about it. Something about the meaning of it. 
the, humili the humiliation, but also the meaning of the tears was a big part of this ceremony. And interestingly enough, Chris Rock was slapped. And then he went on this comedy tour called Zero Ego. And the first thing he did is he walked out on stage and he cried. Before he said anything, he cried. It says here, After the king finished his list of assurances, well prepared ahead of that time, the chief priest struck him hard on the cheek with an open hand. It had to be decisive. And according to the tradition, the tears had to flow as an indication, an omen, that purported to assure the king's future success and the prosperity of the country. Interesting story, though, about the king slapping. And in, in The Golden Bow, it talks about something similar having to do with uh, Fraser Bass's thesis on the pre-Roman priest-king Rex Nemerensis by the shore of Lake Nemi, who was richly murdered by a successor. The king was the incarnation of the dying and reviving solar deity. He died at the harvest and, re and is reincarnated in the spring. Fraser claims that this legend of rebirth is central to almost all of the world's mythologies. Now, I talk about this all the time. I mean, look, the Terminator 2, for example. JC. JC, the savior, is being pursued by the Terminator. And, of course, you know, JC, Jesus Christ, not hard to make these connections. The Terminator is the point where the sun sets. It's the line, actually, the line that separates night and day, where the sun ritually is killed. In this myth, it's like the night kills the sun, and the sun is reborn. It's this recurring theme. You see it in another, even better example, is in Star Wars. You know, the Luke, I'm your father. Luke gets his hand chopped off, his sword hand, and Osiris gets his member chopped off. And then, of course, he's buried, and then they put the obelisk on his grave to represent his resurrection. But if you remember, Luke gets his hand chopped off, and then afterwards he hangs in Cloud City. And if you break down the symbolism, Luke Skywalker, that's obviously the sun. Darth Vader, Dark Father, that would be the Saturn who rules the night. As the sun rules the day, in this ancient cosmology, the Saturn isn't shining a light, but rather it's bringing the dark. It rules the dark. So it's like this fight between the personification of darkness and the personification of light. So Luke Skywalker's the light, the sun. Darth Vader would be the night and Saturn. That's why he's got the death visage, the skull face. The severing of the hand, well, yeah, like the Terminator with the skull face. The severing of the hand is the dismemberment. Then he hangs from a cross before he has his hand reattached. So we've been given this same myth many, many times. This is why the rockets that they send up there are constantly being named after you know, sun gods, solar deities. It's a solar phallic cult, if you want to get into the anthropology of it. And everybody's in it, especially the atheists who think that space is real. All right, before we get too much further, let's go back to this article here about Tucker Carlson and the aliens. This is the final point from Jim Stewartson's article I wanted to get to. He says, it's, an imp it's important here to note, the Kremlin is using this psychological operation to incentivize Russians to have more human, a.k.a. white children, which happens to be consistent with Elon Musk's number one priority to create more white babies. 
Declaring certain people human while others are inhuman is the kind of thing that leads to genocides, which is the goal of neo-Nazis like Tucker Carlson, Vladimir Putin, Elon Musk, and Mike Flynn. Full spectrum psyops. And this also explains why I spell Elon Musk with a Q, because Musk has been pushing Pizzagate in Q and has boosted it all over his site. So according to this article, this recent discussion about dark, dark aliens and demons is to prepare the public for something else, uh, dehumanizing uh, Western democracies and liberals and non-Russians. All right, going through some comments. Plain Dakota said, try to call, but nothing was there. Okay, maybe I need to pay the phone bill. If you want to try one more time, I'll unmute it. It's that time of the month here where i got to catch up on, on things. I've been, I've been paying all the bills, ordering books. And by the way, press passes are in. I have to go pick them up at the post office. And in the next couple of days, Autohooksology 101 is arriving by the box full, and those are going to be shipped out, and then I'm going to put them into the marketplace. Cygirl says, bring Jake on to do his impression of Chris Rock. you got to hear this. He does a perfect Trump impersonation, too. All right. Yeah, that Chris Rock psyop is worth deconstructing. It didn't happen the way they said it did. I mean, it was totally staged and fake. And they're all in on it. It's pretty deep. You know, Will Smith and this event was kind of like a retelling of the husband of Venus getting kicked out of Olympus. And Venus was married to a blacksmith. So Will Smith, blacksmith, it's told in numerous ways. She's wearing the green dress, Jade, which is connected to Venus. Meanwhile, Venus Williams is in the audience during the slap. All right, we have a phone call here. Infinite Plane Radio. Looks like gremlins are chewing the wires here. Give it just a moment to connect. Okay. I think you... It looks like it's struggling here. It looks like it's struggling. We're, we're trying to connect a phone Hello. Hey. Okay, now we're in. Good. Hey. Hey, what's up? Is this, uh, is this plane decoded? How's it going? Very well, thanks. No. Oh, okay, no. Someone else nope. had said they were calling in. This is what, G33? Yeah. Awesome. How are you doing tonight? How's it, how's it been? Uh, very well. I mean, no complaints. Someone listening. No, it's been going very well. I mean, I mean, we've had some great content to deconstruct. The Obamas dropped a movie, which is um, really kind of lit a fire into this whole thing. I know, probably by design, right? Yeah, that and the Civil War movie. I think are are both like it's yeah, almost like truth or bait. What was, like, what was it like last week, or? Or the week before, last week it really started catching fire. Yeah, I think I think well, it was released. Actually, here's another connection that I forgot to mention. That movie was a, it was actually released. Leave the world behind on eleven twenty two, and it all takes place in the zip code one one nine six three. So you have this nineteen sixty three connected to it. You have eleven twenty two connected to it, and what does that suggest? JFK's assassination. Yeah, 11, 22, well, eleven twenty-two, right uh, off the rip. Eleven twenty-two. 
You know, I so one one nine six three. Yep, that's the zip code of Sag Harbor, where they, Leave the World Behind takes place. And in Washington or Sag Harbor, where's that? Um, it's it's in New York. It's it's in the East Coast. Oh, okay, coast, all right, it's, all right. it's um. They got a they got a bunch of harbors but, in Washington. But every single number they show in that movie has specific meaning where you could decode the whole movie one nine six three you could decode the movie with its numbers and its t-shirts alone one one nine six three single single digit numerology of two because any nine and single digit numerology you could just consider as nothing so you got a nine and a six three and then you got the two ones two well the 119 is also hugely connected to Donnie Darko. And that character who's compared to Greta is called Donnie Darko. Like, so they, they make these references so obvious. Um, and, and, you know, the fact of it is I don't know Donnie, I don't know Donnie Darko that good. I, I know you and other people always talk about it. I guess I got to watch it. Well, look, the director is the son of a NASA... I'm talking about the speaker. Yeah, the director of Donnie Darko. His, his father worked on the Viking Mars rover. So you got NASA connected to Hollywood, connected to predictive did programming. Did he really? Yep. He did really? Oh, yeah. Because I thought, and, I, I thought and, like, the space thing was fake, right? Yeah, so it's, isn't it interesting? It's like you got a movie director whose father made movies for NASA. Yeah, like, like Jim Morrison's father. In Laurel Canyon. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, there, it's all in the families. Uh, that's a major point that Miles Mathis has brought up recently. Oh, interesting. Guess what? Aaron Rodgers. See, this is this is interesting. Aaron Rodgers has mentioned predictive programming. He's kind of like one of these, like MMA characters. How they have these characters on the right who talk conspiracies, and Aaron Rodgers is like the designated NFL guy to be the anti-vax or to say things that. You know that Joe Rogan would would say, yeah. but yeah, he yeah. called it predictive programming. What does that mean? Like here we are on the fringe, deconstructing these movies, and now it's like these mainstream, uh, very popular influencers are kind of taking our our lexicon. They're using our words. They're using our descriptions. Kind of interesting. I think it's. I so think he it's was a, talking about Obama's movie. Yes, in particular. Hmm. Well. He's he's a daylight and a dollar short because we've been talking about this for a long time. Yeah, but it's fascinating because they're mainstreaming predictive programming all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's kind of what everybody was talking about that Obama movie for. Like I like I said last week, you know, really got hot. I think the week before I started hearing about it. And then I'm like, man, like maybe I should see this thing, but I don't really watch TV. Well, you don't need to. It's really select. If you listen like, to us, yeah, I don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's my take on it. I'm like, I'm gonna watch well, this I, movie, I'm so always, you don't I'm, have to. I'm always looking. I, I look at everything. It doesn't matter what it is. I look at it. So I don't. Yeah, you're right. I don't need to. But you know, like selectively, like I watch a hockey game. You know. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I'll watch stuff, you know, and then, like, especially stuff like that, right? So I'm like, you know, like, maybe I should watch this thing. But then further along, 
into like this week now, people are still talking about it and other people are breaking it down. Yeah. Which it should have been like kinda kind of like um apparent at first. Cause they like you said about that uh what was that movie that the Republicans were freaking out about about human trafficking. Oh yeah, Sound of uh Freedom. And That's right. They pumped you said they pumped the sales. The ticket sales. Oh yeah. In fact, um, there's a scandal. Speculated anyway. Speculated anyway. Whatever. There, there's a good chance that a lot it's of like, those theaters. Were it's like empty. the same thing with this movie. Like with the Fringe, they're like they got like they don't even control the opposition, right? AJ or whatever. Like you, you were talking about control the opposition before. You like you called it something different. Well, to me, that's a good layman's term for it. Like some of these other guys. They do the bidding, and they may not be controlled opposition, but just by, like, psychological programming of fringe topics and media topics, like the the, the pursuance of the truth where the fringe comes from, allegedly, like, it just wove its way in and did its thing. And, like, now you've got that narrative out there where, like, it's, it's predictively programming the normies if they watch it, but especially maybe the fringe because it's like this thing that everybody's talking about on the fringe media. Oh, sure. I mean, uh, does I that mean, make sense? Yeah, what, what they've done is just added confusion because now you get millions of people talking about it, just like with white noise, as Lean Dion mentioned, where even Infowars, CNN, they're all saying it's predictive programming. But what they don't say is it's predictive programming for psyops they say it's predicting what's going to come so they don't draw the line between real and fake they say this is predicting what's actually going to happen for real and that's why where, would they that's where they get it wrong a so magician they, never tells his tricks exactly exactly a magician never tells his tricks exactly so they're not telling on themselves what they're doing is they're covering it up with a false explanation because aaron Rodgers will reach more people with run with one single tweet than i can reach in a year with his misinterpretation of what predictive programming means. And uh, that's what they um, bank on, I think. They flood of course, the yeah, of course. Especially since he refused. Well, what group would Aaron Rodgers be targeting? Uh, the, all, the right wing. Anybody who's listened to him before with his theories about ivermectin, basically, yeah. and then toxic that's masculinity. And no sleepers. Yes. Right, especially the no sleevers. The no sleevers. Because that's where where he caught this traction. Was like I'm not, I'm not doing the the thing. Now that's interesting. You called it no sleevers. Uh, there's this series called Three Percent, where the only people I can't claim credit for that. Well, the only people who are allowed to the new world are the ones who get sterilized. People on your stream probably know where that came from. Yes. Well. The thing is, the people in this new world all have a star-shaped hole on their sleeve to show where they got their uh, their entrance. They got, you know, where, where they got poked. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, look at the the obelisk is a big needle, right? In in a way, the the, the space needle, the obel. In fact, the obelisk has been referred to as Cleopatra's needle. Uh, that term has been used before. 
So, uh, like I said, I mean, especially because it, it's like we've talked about before. They they market the narrative like he caught traction on that. So he's definitely going to reach those people. Plus the people on the sidelines that like, you know, like are the, all those all the people on the sidelines with the his people are they they didn't get it. Because well, look, I, I didn't, I didn't get it, it because Aaron Rodgers. I, I knew not to get it in April. Aaron Rodgers has got a note. I knew not to get it in April 2020. They were talking about it. I knew the whole thing was about that. Aaron Rodgers uh, is 100 percent in the front. know about how fake sports are. He has to be. So there's no way well, that he's not yeah, just. Yeah. Look, so he's play, he's actually giving. Yeah, that's lines. what I'm saying. I'm basically saying don't trust the dude. You know, the world is a stage, and every person has their role he's up there in the, in the queue on the on the stage card yeah i Me think you, you can like ascertain uh, how much in the, going on. how much in the know how high up somebody is up the pyramid of lies and how in the know they are by kind of virtue of their placement like quarterbacks um governors you know anybody who's signing off on psyops has to be in the know at the capstone level quarterback you know, you start. It's like football, like quarterback. Like, what's that mean? He is. He's. He's back there. He's like projecting the pigskin it's for all the ball, win. You know, all, what I mean, like all, symbolically. What does that really mean? Worship. I think it's all ball worship. Why, what, what, so why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he project? Why wouldn't he project that fringe, like uh, marketing of the predictive programming? Look, no, he's he's like one of these establishment truthers, is what my point. Where they have establishment truthers who hand out he's red pills. Strong. And look, all red pills, and I mean this, all oh, red pills, all red pills are mentanol laced. All all red pills lead you to the political horseshoe. They don't take you off the world stage. The the Matrix movie falsely describes the red pill as an awakening. All it really does is it puts you into a deeper level of trance. It puts you into a nightmare, separate from the blue pill. But it's not off the world stage. Major deception. Well, hey, um, I'm having some internet issues here. I don't know if it's buffering for anybody. And I also have to take off. So <laughs> any final comments? I got to take off here in a couple yeah. of seconds. I'm still waiting for my shirt, dog. Is it from Bonfire? Yeah. Um, I don't... Yeah, I know it's not coming. I'm just busting it. If it's if it's from Bonfire, uh, contact their customer support or send me the order number and I'll do it on your behalf, and I'll have them refund you and then I'll send you a copy. Luckily, customer support. When I went to customer support, they're like, they're like, oh, you want to start an account to sell stuff with us? Yeah, I'll look into Bonfire. So, I'll, I'll call. Know, I'm I'll a call lot them up on your behalf and I'll see what I can find. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it very much. All right, everyone, I have to take off. This is Auto Hoax or GTFO. And here's a, here's one more thing. ISS. When a World War event occurs on Earth, America and Russia, both nations, secretly contact their astronauts aboard the ISS and give them instructions to take over the station by any means necessary. Comes out on 119. See how consistent the numberology is with all of these psyops. All right, this is Chief Crow, Autohoaxer GTFO. Thanks for joining. We'll be back in the morning for the IPS morning deprogram. Thanks to all the commenters. 
Thanks, callers, and we'll have more time, I'm sure, uh, tomorrow. We'll be starting earlier.